0: Hello. I'm Mike Lindell. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and my pillow, but millions of you out there. Before all this started, I had already written in my memoir. I dedicate this book to anyone that's looking for hope. Well, right now we're all looking for hope. I believe that my story is gonna bring inspiration and hope to everyone. By the time you're done reading my book, you will believe that with God, all things are possible. To thank you all for your support, I'm offering some of my best prices ever on my pillow products, including this exclusive bundle. You get my book and these five my pillows. They all have beautiful scenes and verses from the Bible, such as Isaiah 4110, do not fear for I am with you. This six pack bundle is regularly $219. Now it's just $99.98 and free shipping with your promo code.
1: Go to mypillow.com and use promo code RENEGADE or call 800 889 6817 to receive this exclusive offer.
0: This
2: is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.
3: All right ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to I'm going to do my best here. As I was just up against the wall at the start of the show with just talking to the crew about some scheduling things what we got coming up. And then and then we're going to put this video together. Here's the information I want to offer today. Because you can tune into any news outlet and you can find all the Russia, Ukraine coverage and you can find the narratives and then you can see the divides. You can see the narrative from both sides. and well, what, what, what should be the narrative that is universal? What should be the understanding and the takeaway that is universal, that, that, it, that the populists should be getting behind? And that populace within the Republican Party should be getting behind. So that the war hawking neocons don't control the message of the Republican Party making it pro-war. But instead, looking within, saying, hey, you want to say all this stuff about Putin, that's fine. but." Let's not ignore the problems that we have at home. Let's not ignore the irony of all the things you're accusing Putin of doing. Either we're supporting in some way, shape, or form somewhere on Earth or is happening in our backyard. Now, we've got all kinds of footage here of... What is a full-scale invasion? And, and this is kind of just a five-minute to start the show that I'm just kind of venting. I mean, I'm going to come back, really, in the, in the whole first hour and flesh all of this out. But, you know, I got to say, it's, it's pretty strange. And you saw the clips from Alex Jones as early as last October, last year, saying February is going to be a war. And I'm glad we have the archivist to do that. And we can go back and pull clips of the war room where I said months ago, right after the Olympics is when you're going to find out what Putin is going to do and what China is going to do. And it was pretty obvious stuff. But as usual, the mainstream media just really has no clue what's going on. Their job is to keep you uninformed, misinformed, on the defense, confused, disoriented. And we just want you to be informed. And I like the analogy that Alex used earlier today. It's like if you're at your big Thanksgiving dinner with your big family or your big Christmas dinner with your big family and you got the kids' table over here, that's where the younger kids sit. And then maybe you start to get a little older and you kind of wish you were with maybe the older kids or the adults even, but you're still stuck at that kitty table. This is the adult table. We're having real conversations. This is the reality. Not bought and paid for, not controlled. Not perfect, but not lying to you. Like, for example, I had my my dad and some other people reach out like, hey, you were wrong about the Russia invading Ukraine. And I said, yep, I I was wrong. I'll admit that. I was wrong. So it's what, 99.7 now? We went from 99.8% accuracy to 99.7. Putin has officially invaded Ukraine. There's no doubt about it. And now I would say my stance is that Putin is either going to take Ukraine as Belarus is now joining in the military operations. That was always going to be the plan. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know if Zelensky is going to step down or if he's just going to declare Ukraine a part of Russia or how it's going to go. But no, it's it's very real at this point. So But we've got video. Kamala Harris says the sanctions will work. And then Joe Biden says we all knew the sanctions wouldn't work. So, I mean, everybody should understand our White House is a joke. That should be pretty easily understood after all this debacle. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, February 24th. Certainly a historic day. Really all of this started, though, on the 22nd, didn't it? But we're in the thrust of it now. This is the InfoWars War Room brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com, streaming live at band.video. In the first hour, I'm going to do my best to lay out with some of the latest headlines, some of the latest video clips, the notes that I was taking last night and this morning, the situation between Russia and Ukraine and all the different angles and perspectives that you're not going to hear in the mainstream media, and quite frankly, you're just not going to hear anywhere else. And I can say that with confidence because I've been watching everywhere else and everyone else, and nobody seems to be getting the obvious response to this from America or what it should be. So it's kind of like everything else right now. It's like, hey, men aren't women. You say, that's ridiculous. How could this be possible? How could we be living in this insanity? Well, it's the same thing with the response to the Russia and Ukraine situation. It's the same insanity. It's the same illogic. So that's going to be the big thing in the first hour with the video clips, the notes, the headlines, all of it, some of the response around the world. And then we have two studio guests today. Dr. Syed Haider is going to be joining us in the second hour in studio and then Milo Yiannopoulos in the third hour in studio. So for the first hour, though, I'm really going to lay into all of this. I've also got some vaccine mask COVID news, some cultural news. Yeah, uh, I got some shocking news out of California, a criminal stack. But obviously the big news today is what's going on in Ukraine. So let, let me just try to be as eloquent with this as possible. I had people reaching out today saying, "Hey, you—you you said Russia wouldn't invade Ukraine. You were wrong. You're right. I was wrong. I didn't think—I didn't expect a full-scale invasion from Putin and Russia. I—I I was wrong. See, I'll, I'll admit that. I'm okay with that. I don't claim to know everything. I knew that there was, and still are, U.S. forces in the area that haven't really been sent out to duty, if you will. Nobody really knows about. I know that." Well, l- l- let's just stop it right there. Here's, here's the trap that I have to be careful not to fall into, and we all have to be careful not to fall into. And so, yeah, I was wrong about the invasion, because we've been lied to so much by our media and by our politicians that it's a rational instinctual response that whenever Biden says something or whenever the mainstream news, the likes of CNN or MSNBC or ABC News says something, I tend to believe the exact opposite. I tend to think that whatever they're saying, the exact opposite is most likely the truth. And you know what? 99% of the time, that's probably going to be the case. But I was wrong. They were right. Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. There's no denying that. And it seems to be getting worse as the day goes on. Now, the problem is we know the media lies. We know there's false flags uh, that could be going on. We, we know that they use propaganda with images and, and video clips. So I don't, think we can, I don't think we can really truly analyze what's going on in Ukraine right now Because it's impossible to know all the facts. There's some things we can know. There's some things we can't know. But here's what the approach should be when discussing what's going on in Ukraine or America's response to it. I don't want to hear a damn thing. About Ukraine's borders from our White House and our media until we do something about our southern border being wide open with criminals and drugs and everything else flowing in. Where now fentanyl is the number one cause of death in middle aged men. So I don't want to hear this crap about Ukraine's sovereignty and Ukraine's borders and they deserve to have a border. I deserve to have a border. The United States deserves to have a border and we deserve to have a White House and and all of our political parties that fight for our border like they want to fight for Ukraine's. But see, here's the wag the dog. Here's the tail wagging the dog. So now the big story is Ukraine and, 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 and Russia invading Ukraine, Russia crossing Ukraine's border illegally is a bigger story than our southern border being wide open for decades And at least 30 million illegal immigrants in this country right now. So I don't want to hear a damn crocodile tear. I don't want to hear a damn foreign policy. I don't want to hear all this obsession over Russia's borders. We don't even protect our own borders. And I'm supposed to sit here and freak out about Ukraine's borders when when we don't even care about our own borders? Tell me how that makes sense. So please, anybody talking about the legitimacy of Ukraine's borders or Russia crossing Ukraine borders illegally that doesn't talk about our own southern border is a phony and a fraud and a liar and should not be listened to legitimately. Well yeah, that's the White House. I get that. Hey, that's the media. I know. See my point? It's the same thing of why, are, why is Ukraine the biggest story, but nobody ever talks about what's going on in Yemen? We're going to hear all about the plight of the Ukraine people and people dying and bombs going off. And, and, and who knows whose bombs they even are. They'll blame Russia for everything. And you'll hear about the plight of the Ukrainian people, never about the Yemenis, never about the Uyghurs in China. That's all part of the plan. See, Chinese having forced labor camps, slave labor, genocide. That's all part of the plan. That's good to go. Yemenis genocide with the starvation and the, and the slaughter and the bombings all the time and the ongoing war for decades. That's all part of the plan. That's all good. You don't need to know about that. Oh, oh, oh but Russia goes into Ukraine. Oh, boy. Stop the presses. Biggest story on the, on the planet now. And the truth is, it's not the biggest story on the planet because of human rights abuses. It's not the biggest story on the planet because people are dying or there's a war imminent. No. If, if that's why it was the biggest story, you'd be hearing about Yemen. You'd be hearing about China. You're not. It's the biggest story because the corporate world government needs control over Ukraine. And so they really have to build this up against Russia, that it's in your best interest to protect Ukraine against Russia. Not in your best interest to protect your own southern border. Not, against your, not in your best interest to protect your own southern border. Not in your best interest to care about Yemen. Not in your best interest to care about China. Or any other of the abuses, human rights abuses around the world. I mean, just look at all the COVID stuff. And Which brings me to my next point. I don't want to hear about Putin being an oppressive dictator unless we're going to talk about Trudeau being an oppressive dictator first. So it's the same thing. Anybody telling you how bad Putin is, anybody telling you that Putin is the bad guy, he's an oppressive dictator, he needs to be handled with, that doesn't talk about Trudeau and doesn't have a problem with what Trudeau is doing in Canada is a phony and a fraud. And, and what, is this, what, what is this weird thing now where, I, I'm confused, is communism good or bad? I don't want to hear about Russian communism being a bad thing until the left quits promoting it and we deal with the communists in our own country. We'll be right back.
0: UN-run contact tracers aren't coming, they're here. All over the world, from Australia to the United States, from Canada to Germany. These tyrants are tracking everything you do, everywhere you go, and then coming to your house and threatening, in some cases actually, taking people away into the night to their facilities. And they're planning in the next year to expand their shield process where they come and take, quote, healthy people away and put them in facilities for their safety. This is nothing less than martial law. And one big thing you can do to fight back is to get high-quality Faraday cages, many of which are made here in America and are very compliant, meaning U.S. government military grade at InfoWarsStore.com. We have the entire line of Silent Pocket ready to ship to you when you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Again, we have big backpacks, we have special dry bags, we've got them for cell phones, we've got them for laptops, we've got them for iPads. It's all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So protect your privacy today and support the InfoWar at InfoWarsStore.com.
4: A riotous mob. Whether they were present that day, or were otherwise
2: criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. Insurrection. Insurrection. We will follow
4: the facts wherever they lead. Domestic terrorists.
0: The days of independent media are numbered. The government has made it illegal to oppose them. They are now debanking us behind the scenes. They want to bankrupt us and make us go away quietly, with practically half the population wanting to lock the unvaccinated up in camps. The traitors know they can shut us down by force, but that would accelerate the awakening exponentially. So be it. Make them silence us by force. This is the final battle of the information war. Give now. Buy products. Donate. Before everything changes. We need you to carry us through to the end. Victory or death. Go now to infowarstore.com.
2: com forward
3: slash show. You know, I'll tell you, it's really hard to properly do this coverage with the radio breaks because you get on the momentum of thought and then you have to take the break and it's, it's almost impossible to bridge that gap and pick it back up. And there's just, it, it's such a complex issue and there's so many questions. And I know there's a big audience today. So I'm trying to be as clairvoyant and eloquent as possible here. But that's why last night I was up till about 3 a.m. doing Getter live streams, watching all of this develop in real time. I probably did about two hours or more of Getter live streaming last night just just in response to everything that was going on. So, and, and some of the messages I got in the break were, because not everybody follows the politics. Not everybody follows the news every day. I, I, I understand that. I respect that. <laughs> In some ways, I kind of envy that. And so they're confused. Why is this such a big deal? Why is Ukraine a big deal? Why is it a big deal to us? Why is it a big deal to Russia? You know, I, I don't have all the answers, but here here's the long and short of it. After World War II, Ukraine became its own nation state, but there were Nazi groups that stayed around. There were Russian loyalists that stuck around. There were other separa- separate uh, separatists that, that had their own little zones. There was always conflict. And then it was kind of a neutral zone for the globalists to conduct their criminal activity. And so it became a political laundering state where you could send your your kids there, like Nancy Pelosi, Mitt Romney, John Kerry, Joe Biden, You can send your kids to Ukraine and and have them making millions and millions of dollars. And this was exhibited when Joe Biden said, oh, I'm going to withhold your foreign aid. I'm going to withhold billions of dollars from Ukraine unless you fire this prosecutor who's invited, who's investigating my family for crimes. So Ukraine says, well, we need that money. They fire the prosecutor. Biden releases the funds. Hunter Biden gets on an oil board. He makes tens of millions of dollars. The globalists get to launder money. And and then they also like to launder political intel through Ukraine as well. So Ukraine's been a troubled state. It's It's been highly debated. It's been all kinds of different factions. I mean, it's true. Putin is actually fighting leftover Nazi groups, Aryan Brotherhood, white supremacist Nazi groups in eastern Ukraine. That's a real thing. And like the left wants to go around, oh, we're fighting Nazis. Trump is a Nazi. Oh, we're going to get all the Nazis. And they hate Putin. Putin is literally fighting. If there's any actual Nazis that, that still wave swastikas or are white supremacists, it's in eastern Ukraine. And, 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 and they've been fighting with Russians. They've been fighting with Ukrainians. That's a real thing. And, and Putin even said that. Like, you realize I'm, I'm killing literal Nazis in eastern Ukraine right now? I'm trying to liberate Ukraine right now? Well, Putin also said he wouldn't invade. So... I'm not going to take any 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 word from Putin at, at face value anymore. But I'm certainly not going to trust the American media. I'm certainly not going to trust Joe Biden. So that's why we have to go with common sense and say, hey, I've got an invasion at my southern border. That's a bigger deal. I've got communists in, in my country in the West. That's a bigger deal. I've got a tyrannical dictator to my north, Trudeau. That's a bigger deal. That should be obvious. That should be the populist stance towards all of this. Doesn't mean Putin good. Doesn't mean Putin bad. Doesn't mean we, we like what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, it just, it means, hey, we've got our own things to deal with. That's Russia's problem. Shouldn't be ours. And so I'm, I'm going to come back and get into my notes on all of this. But here's what Putin is doing. So so now you kind of understand why the West wants Ukraine and, and NATO wants Ukraine, because they use it for their corruption, they use it for their money laundering, political information laundering, and at the end of the day, they would like Ukraine to join NATO or join the EU to strengthen the Great Reset powers, to strengthen the World Economic Forum expansion, and to strengthen the communist socialist takeover of the West and it would be a big spit in the eye to Russia as well. Ukraine used to be a part of Russia, kind of even like the head of Russia at one point, or the heart of it, if you will. Now, why do the globalists hate Putin so much? I don't know. I I really can't tell you if I fully understand that. I'd I'd like to believe it's because Putin's not a eugenicist and Putin is a anti-communist who believes in the future of humanity and wants a human future. Because that's what the globalists hate. So if the globalists hate Putin, I just have to assume that's why. But I won't even do that. But that's clearly the case, that all these global factions hate Putin and Russia. Because Putin wants Russia to be independent and doesn't want to be run by the globalists. Doesn't like their pedophile drag queen story time. Doesn't like them feminizing men. Doesn't like them cutting off little boys and girls' genitalia and breasts. Putin's not for that. And he's laid that out to Ukraine saying, hey, look, here's your options. Either be loyal with Russia or you can go into the EU, go into NATO, go into the Western communist group and they're going to chop your kids' genitals off. They're going to sexualize your kids and you're going to ultimately be run by pedophile, corrupt political scum. And I believe, and I think it's pretty obvious at this point, the day the day that Biden got into office, Putin planned all of this. The very day Biden got into office, Putin planned all of this. He also made a deal with China that he's going to go into Ukraine and China is going to go into Taiwan at the same time, right after the Olympics, a year after Biden's in. And I also believe that Putin has made a deal with Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, because I mean, you're getting mixed messages out of Ukraine. But it kind of feels like Ukraine is standing down in many ways. Now, we'll, we'll kind of see how that fleshes itself out. But I, I believe that Zelensky and Putin have already made a deal. And, and Putin had all these I's dotted and T's crossed before he ever went in. Now, why is it when Biden is in the White House, Putin goes into Ukraine? Because Joe Biden is blackmailed from his toes to the top of his head and his hair plugs. Putin has said so much and a official Russia statement was made about that today, too, that I'll cover. And so when you see media talking about strategy and Biden's strategy being better than Putin's. Now, anyone who believes that's an idiot now. The globalists with the Great Reset or the World Economic Forum, if Putin isn't a part of that and just playing a role in all of that, which maybe he is, maybe he isn't, Putin goes into Ukraine when Biden is in the White House because Biden is blackmailed and can do nothing in response. So Russia gets cut off from the world economy by the World Economic Forum, by the Davos Group by the UN, by the, um, uh, that other group that kicked Russia out just a couple of years ago, the summits that they have. So they went into Crimea because that is the best place economically, strategically, for Russia to go into first. So he we first went into Crimea when Biden was in, White Ho- in the White House first. Now Biden is in the White House again. Now he's going after all of Ukraine. Because Biden can't do anything about it. So I'll explain a little bit more of that and uh, really get deeper into this on the other side.
1: So I did it. I signed up for the Austin Marathon. I've been training probably not as much as I should be, but thank goodness for prayer and thank goodness for InfoWarsStore.com. Before I set out on a run, I throw down some turbo force to give me that energy I need to get going you know besides the energy turbo force it is giving me the vitamins I need like vitamin c to keep me healthy and the essential b vitamins plus the amino acids for sustained energy giving me the best chance at getting through the training and then every day now I'm taking dr. jones soreless I have bad joints thanks mom so this is great for giving my joints the extra support they need right now plus inflammation support and extra flexibility the Quick release capsules help me recover fast so I can get back to the training. Even if you're not crazy enough to take on a marathon, good news, TurboForce, that can still give you the energy and clarity you need for every day. And SoreLess can keep you moving and feeling great at any age.
2: The War Room, InfoWars.com forward slash show. Locked in a battle for the soul of humanity. It's the war room with Owen Scheuer. Watch the live stream at band.video.
3: So the globalists have tried to isolate Russia from the world economy because Russia doesn't want to be part of a global economy. It wants to be its own nation state. So when Biden was first in the White House, strategically, Putin went after Crimea, Because geographically and economically, it made the most sense to neutralize the threat of the EU or NATO or G7 or any of these groups that want to isolate Russia from the world economy. It gives Russia a little boost. It gives Russia a little, another thing to hold on to. And that's what Putin is saying is like, hey, you know, you've already sanctioned us into oblivion. You've already cut us off from the world economy. So strategically, he goes into Crimea good place economically for business and strategically, geographically on the map. Biden gets into the office for the second time and now Putin just decides he's just going to take all of Ukraine and it's the same argument. You've cut us off from the planet. You've cut us out of the world economy. So I have to go into Ukraine to help us, to help Russia. And as he sees it, to help Ukraine. That'll be widely debated. So let me just get into some of these notes that I was taking last night as all this was going on. And uh, I was doing some Getter live streams on my account. And then we'll get into some of the headlines and the videos and some of the response. When I hear the media last night and today, and I'm sure we'll be hearing it again, When they say, you can't believe a word Putin says. Well, I can't believe a word Biden says. I can't believe a word Harris says. I can't believe a word CNN or MSNBC or ABC News say. I can't believe anything they say. So this, you can't believe a word Putin says, means nothing to me coming from a pack of criminal liars. And folks, don't be distracted by these protests on the street. It, it's the same. It's the same energy. It's the same thing as a BLM protest, an Antifa protest. It's hey, look, I, we're all anti-war. The people in Russia are anti-war. That's fine. I, I'm just telling you, Soros has his groups in Russia. They've all got their controlled opposition groups. They they, they fund protests in Russia too. It's not going to look like Black Lives Matter or Antifa, but it's. It's essentially the same thing. But when they say you can't believe a word Putin says, and that's coming from people who I don't believe a word they say. Again, I'm naturally inclined to say or believe anything Biden says is the exact opposite. Now, here's an interesting one. Because you notice how we're not really getting any excuse from Biden or, or, or the media about what, what the problem here is with, with Russia. And now they're just going to say, okay, well, well, what they're saying is what, what their ultimate end logic is Putin is trying to reestablish the Soviet Union. Hmm. I haven't heard Putin say that, but let's, let's pretend that that's the case. So Putin wants to reestablish the Soviet Union. Well, what was the Soviet Union? Well, the Soviet Union was communist with the Communist Party started by V.I. Lenin. So wait a second. You're telling me that the pro-communist left and the leader of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, who has a bust of Vladimir Lenin in his office behind him when he goes on TV. Maybe he's like the offspring of V.I. Lenin or something with, all, with, all, with his other Nazi relatives. So you're telling me that the pro-communist left, pro-communist media, whose, whether they realize it or not, leader, Vlad, uh, leader Klaus Schwab is a big supporter of Vladimir Lenin. You're telling me they're upset? That Putin is trying to bring communism back? You're pro-communist. I mean, folks, th- it's literally the hammer and sickle flag of VI Lenin's Soviet Union Communist Party. And they wave the hammer and sickle red communist flag and they and they cheer on socialism and they have busts of Vladimir Lenin in their office. And then they say Putin is bad. He wants to bring the Soviet Union Lenin communism back to Russia and then when they finish telling you that they go outside and wave a communist flag telling you how great communism is and and have a V.I. Lenin bust in their background so that's just more of the liberal lunacy that that's just more of these liberals have no principles have no solid ideology they're literally brainwashed tools you, you promote communism all day long. The head of the World Economic Forum loves V.I. Lenin. And I see you supporting communism. I see you waving the hammer and sickle flags. In Austin, Texas, we've got communist groups that spray the hammer and sickle all over town. And then those same people that promote the ideas and values of Lenin's communist Russia are complaining that Putin wants to bring Lenin's communist Russia back from the dead. Explain that logic to me. Again, why am I more concerned about Ukraine's borders and our southern border? Why am I more concerned about Russian communists or dictators more than I'm concerned about communists and dictators in my own country? And and all of this crap, like, like, here's an MSNBC story, and this is a big thing that the left is running with and the mainstream news is running with. Here's the headline, though, on MSNBC. Why didn't Putin invade Ukraine during the last U.S. administration? So, so they they realize that they did this. They realize this is all Biden's fault. There's a reason why Putin's gone into Ukraine twice, both times when Biden's in the White House. So they know this is the ineptness of the Biden administration, and they know they're the ones that helped illegitimately put Biden there. So they're now trying to, they, they feel bad about it. They know they did this. All the blood in Ukraine is on their hands, absolutely 100%. All the blood in Ukraine is on your hands, MSNBC. All the blood in Ukraine is on your hands, CNN. Everybody that voted for Biden, everybody that supported Biden, everybody knew this would happen. So yes, you, you, you want to sit here and lecture and virtue signal over the, the blood that's going to be spilled in Ukraine? You did that. You did it, MSNBC, and you know it. And so that's why they're blaming Trump today. By the way, I got a video of Trump. We'll do a flashback. Yeah, don't try to blame Trump for this. You're 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 wildly inaccurate. You're you're wildly in a different ballpark, a different galaxy altogether. But see, that's what they're saying is, oh, Putin didn't go into Ukraine when Trump was in office because Trump was doing Putin's bidding. Explain to me how that makes any sense? It doesn't. They know that all the blood in Ukraine is on their hands, Rachel Maddow and all of them. That's why they're trying to blame Trump, and then they act like Putin or uh, Biden has been such a brilliant strategist dealing with Putin, Putin has out-strategized Biden literally since day one. Literally since day one. Now, that doesn't mean that Putin couldn't be walking into a trap by the globalists. But as of right now, uh, let's stop kidding ourselves. Putin has has wildly out-strategized Joe Biden. It's not even close. And again, we have to be careful in all this because We're just so used to getting lied to by our politicians and the mainstream media that we just don't believe anything that they say. In fact, we take what they say and kind of assume the opposite is true. So we'll start getting into some of the things that Biden has said since. Biden has said that there's not going to be any American troops. Actually, they've already sent American troops over there, folks. But he says there's not going to be troops on the ground. But maybe if there's a cyber attack, so does that mean there's about to be a false flag cyber attack? And they're going to blame Russia. Biden says his top priority. I mean, this is see, this is the kind of hilarity and and, and nonsense that this is why you can never trust Joe Biden. Joe Biden said in his speech today that his number one priority is keeping gas prices low for America. Really, Joe, you shut off our pipelines. We were energy independent for the first time maybe ever. And you shut down our pipelines. And now guess what? We need Russia's energy. I think we get our gas from Russia Is like the third third biggest supplier of our gas is Russia.
0: Why do my enemies hate me so much? Why do the globalists hate you so much? Why do they hate America so much? Because it's an idea of freedom that their tyrannical system that they're pushing cannot coexist with. It's very, very simple. For their world government, their anti-human, post-human, eugenic system to flourish... Freedom and liberty and due process and justice and God-fearing systems must fail. So sure, you didn't start a fight with Bill Gates. You didn't start a fight with David Rockefeller. You didn't start a fight with the UN. They started a fight with you. And they're not going to back down and they're not going to go away. And they're not going to ever stop their attacks until they have the fear of God put into them. But the average person still doesn't even know about the New World Order or about globalism or about corporate fascism. And it's not until people understand that and that we're under attack that we have any chance of beating these people.
2: Experience the next level in high-powered energy nootropics with our latest brain force Brainforce Ultra. Now it is easier than ever to take in the new liquid form with eight beneficial super ingredients. Brainforce Ultra is the result of years of enhanced formulation. Free of toxic additives, each ingredient is specifically selected for its many key properties. Some of the proprietary super ingredients behind Brainforce Ultra include guarana seed, which is loaded with energy compounds and antioxidants that have been used by Amazonian tribes for centuries, alpha GPC, a natural compound found in the brain that delivers an essential nutrient, choline, and Ginkgo leaf, which is also known for its exceptional antioxidant content. This product is more than twice the servings of our BrainForce Plus as well, so you know it's packed full of the good stuff. Destroy that brain fog today and secure your bottle of BrainForce Ultra before it is completely sold out at InfowarsStore.com.
3: So you do realize that the Democrats have political prisoners that they're torturing right now, right? You do realize that? You do realize that the Democrats have aborted millions of babies. You do realize the Democrats have killed millions of babies in this country, right? You you do realize that you do realize that the Democrat party and the Republican party for that matter have been caught and media members have been caught involved with child sex trafficking rings and sex slave rings and, and caught trying to set them up and doing child porn. We are aware of that, right? So yeah, our corrupt politicians and our corrupt American media that covers for them are a much bigger threat to my rights, to my life, to my future than Vladimir Putin or Russia. And it's not even close. And guess what? They're a big threat to Russia's future too. And Putin realizes that. Now I'm not saying Putin is a good guy or a bad guy. That's just the reality of the situation. So I'm not going to be gaslit by the mainstream media to think Putin is my biggest enemy. Putin is threatening my future. Putin is threatening my rights. No, that's Joe Biden. That's the Democrat Party. That's our corrupt American media. That's big tech. So I'm not going to be this part of this wag the dog. Oh, everybody's got to think Putin's the worst in the world now. No, believe me. Our politicians, our media, our elite are a much bigger threat to our future and our sovereignty than Vladimir Putin could ever imagine to be. And this, this absolute lunacy, because they're going to be in denial, folks, but clearly there's a, there's a pattern here. When Biden is in the White House, Russia invades Ukraine. It's now happened twice. Like, why do you think, I'm realizing this now, why do you think Obama made Biden his vice president? Because he knew that Biden was probably the most corrupt member of Congress And blackmailed up and down. And so he figured, oh, I have Biden as my VP. I can do whatever the hell I want. That guy's so blackmailed, he'll have nothing to say. So it's not a coincidence that Russia goes into Ukraine both times Biden is in the White House. So what are they going to do? Is there going to be a false flag cyber attack? And then they're going to say Putin did it, Russia did it, and then try to have a... Actual kinetic physical war with Russia? That seems to be what they're signaling and what they have been signaling for over a year now. Kind of like they warned about the pandemic, ran the drills for the pandemic. Now they're doing that for a cyber attack. But when Biden says in his speech today that his number one priority is keeping gas prices low for Americans, I mean, that is such a lie. It should be criminal. I mean, that is such a lie that every member of his administration and cabinet should look at him straight in the eye and say, I can't believe you just lied like that. Joe Biden, we had the lowest gas prices that you could remember in recent history under Trump. We were energy independent more than we've ever been maybe in this country under Trump. And Biden shut down our gas pipelines, shut down our oil pipelines, shut down the new projects that would have brought in more oil. So you know who we rely on for oil now? Canada, Russia, and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has the most oil reserves in the world. We just got rid of our oil reserves thanks to Biden. How do you think that's going to go? Now that we're in war and Biden cut our energy reserves in half? Nice. Biden and the Democrats who turned our military into into queers and trannies? Nice. How's that going to go? And all the hard men, all the American patriots that you've demonized for the last four years that you're going to be begging to fight this war against Russia for are going to turn their shoulder on you. And when Biden says, all I care about is keeping gas prices low for Americans, he might as well walk right up to your face, spit in your eye, kick you in the genitals, lick an ice cream cone, and then stuff it in your face and walk away laughing. Joe Biden is directly responsible for your gas prices. Hitting three, four, five, six, seven $7 a gallon. The empty shelves, all of it. So when Biden says, oh, I just want to keep gas prices low, there is no bigger lie he could tell. And the media lets him get away with it. And now you have all the uh, same leftist virtue signaling. They all have the Ukraine flag. On their social media accounts now, just you can see the brainwashing. They all stand with Ukraine all of a sudden. But it's Trump's fault. It's totally not, but it's Trump's fault. If anything, if there's anyone to blame in America for what Russia does in Ukraine, it's Joe Biden. 100%. But they're in total denial. These liberals are so brainwashed, they're so dangerous. And they're tools of the new world order now. And they just go along with whatever the latest fad is, whatever the latest trend is. It's like that one, uh, that one lady said, she said, oh, I'm just going to roll up my sleeve and take the infusion. I don't want to know what's in it. I'm just going to take it. Could be, could be formaldehyde in there. She doesn't care. She's just going to roll it up. Oh, the media tells me I need to stand in solidarity with Ukraine and hate Russia. So I'm going to do it. I don't question anything. I'm a good brainwashed liberal. So then Biden gives his speech today. He's got the cheat sheet in front of him where he, he, he literally reads off his cheat sheet to ask the questions to the media reporters. It's all pre, pre-staged. He's slurring, he's stuttering. I mean, he sounds drunk. I don't think he was drunk. He's just, you know, he, can, he can't talk. He's, he's not all there. And then he's have, he has these weird smirks too in between the questions. It's just all signs of dementia. Let's look at some of these clips from Biden, though, that are just incredible today. Um, Here's Biden saying that we will not engage in a physical conflict with Russia in Ukraine in clip 11.
4: Let me say it again. Our forces are not and will not be engaged in the conflict with Russia in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight in Ukraine but to defend our NATO allies and reassure those allies in the East. As I made crystal clear, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. And the good news is, NATO is more united and more determined than ever. There is no doubt, no doubt, that the United States and every NATO ally will meet our Article 5 commitments, which says an attack on one is an attack on all.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be so confident in any of that, quite frankly. And uh, there's a reason for that, and an old video of Trump kind of explains it. Uh, now, this is the uh, this is the amazing one here. Biden is asked because Putin said, "If anyone tries to stop what we're doing in Ukraine, they will be met with such force the world has never seen before." I mean, folks, everybody knows that that was a direct threat to the United States of America. If you interfere with our operations in Ukraine, we're going to strike you with a nuclear weapon, a hypersonic missile. I mean, obviously, that's what Putin is threatening. So Putin is now threatening to nuclear strike America with a hypersonic missile or or something else. Maybe they got their own Manhattan Project going over there. and, And you're going to see the next nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki being dropped on us by Putin. Because our president is a joke and blackmailed. As the Russians are warning you, by the way. So that's obviously what Putin said. Anybody who listened to his speech knew exactly what he was talking about. He was threatening the U.S. with a nuclear strike if we stopped what he was doing in Ukraine. Biden was asked about that today. Here was his response in clip five.
4: This is a take. Um... Uh, Cecilia v- v- Vega, ABC. A reading off the paper, can't even read.
1: Sir, sanctions clearly have not been enough to deter Vladimir Putin to this point. What is going to stop him? How and when does this end? And do you see him trying to go beyond Ukraine? And a second question I'll just give to you now. This statement that he gave last night, will, that the, we- the threat that he gave the West at, will Biden face consequences on. greater than any you have faced in history. Is he threatening a
3: nuclear strike?
4: I have no idea what he's threatening. I know what he has done. I have number no one. idea.
3: Boy, that's, number the, two, that's the that's no the calling card of the Biden the administration right there.
4: To prevent We'll come back to that, happening. guys.
3: Pull that down. Pull that down. We're gonna come back to that clip. Clearly, Putin threatened the U.S. with a nuclear strike. I mean, everybody read into that, including the reporter. That's why she asked the question. And and what's Biden's response is I have no idea. Yeah. That should be the, uh, the slogan of the Biden administration. I have no idea. And he has no idea. All right. I've got a guest coming up in studio, Dr. Saeed. So we're probably going to have to change lanes on all of this. But uh, in this next five minutes, I'm going to try to put a bow on all this Russia-Ukraine coverage to the best of my ability back in stock, down and out liquid sleep support. It's been out of stock for a while. It's one of uh, three sleep aids we have at InfoWarsStore.com This one has been very popular It sold off the shelves. It's back in stock down and out liquid sleep support. This is probably the strongest sleep aid that we have I would say. Knockout, Rocket Rest, both great Comes in pill form. This is the liquid tincture and I think this is probably the most powerful one survival shield x2 nascent iodine this is if you haven't done an iodine challenge yet have have you haven't done the iodine challenge what are you waiting for now is the time super male and super female vitality living defense plus and the organic greens fiber caps uh we have a limited supply of these right now but we want to sell them all out so we can order a new batch it was very popular the organic greens fiber caps but we have all kinds of other great supplements that uh are, are great for so many different things. Take advantage of those. The fight
2: for the future is now. This is The War Room with
3: Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at
2: band.video.
3: So as of now, it appears that Putin is only going after Ukrainian military bases and establishments. Uh, Belarus has joined in this military operation. And it's not targeting the people. Now, again, this is an ongoing thing. And I got to tell you, I don't know what to trust. I don't know who to trust. I I know who not to trust. And I know where my interests lie. And so I'm going to stick with what I'm confident on. Because, folks, I mean, we know how much propaganda they use to start wars. And we just don't want to be a part of it anymore. But, I mean, you, you want to see the absolute joke that this current administration is? Uh, take a look at these back-to-back clips where Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, this is within 24 hours of one another, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden asked the exact same question about Russian sanctions and listen to the difference in both of their responses here.
5: The allied relationship is such that we have agreed – that
1: the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one.
4: No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. So Kamala Harris,
3: the sanctions will deter Russia's invasion. Joe Biden less than 24 hours later. Nobody expected the sanctions to do anything. Yeah, go ahead. Hit it again.
5: The allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one.
4: No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening.
1: The allied relationship
5: is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one.
4: No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening.
5: The allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful
4: one? No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. So please, Democrats
3: and libs, just admit, look, I'm not blaming you for Putin's actions. Just admit that because Biden is in there, this is happening. Just admit it. Stop lying to yourselves. Stop lying to America. And if you really think you're going to start a war with Russia, you've already kicked most of the good men out of the military that you could. You've already demonized the American patriots that would actually wave the flag and stand for America and fight for America. You've demonized them. They're not going to work with you. So what do you think is going to happen when you come to the tough men of this country that you've been demonizing for five years plus and you say, we need you to fight Russia? What do you think those men are going to say? Really? Really? You called me a Nazi. You called me a racist. You wanted me shut up, censored, arrested. Shut down, debanked, decertified, attacked, humiliated. And now you come to me asking for protection? I don't think so. Go fight your own wars now. You want war with Russia? Good luck, libs. You got it. You got your war with Russia. You put the puppet Biden in the White House. You put the blackmailed Biden in the White House, and now you got your war with Russia. And here's another trope I'm sick of hearing. Freedom in Ukraine is at stake. My freedom is at stake. Your freedom is at stake. And it's not Russia. It's the World Economic Forum. It's Klaus Schwab. It's all of his operatives. I've got so much more of this, but i got in-studio guests coming up, and we're probably going to have to switch lanes. You know, this was from... MFA Russia last night. This is just wild. Who have the 22222 two, 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 two as their logo on Twitter. Blackmail, intimidation, and threats are the only tools the US policy has in its arsenal. Trapped as it is in the stereotypes of a unipolar world and a false certainty that the US can impose its global rules on everyone, this does not work. Now, you can try to take whatever meaning from that is possible. But some things are clear, and it's just the truth. Yeah, the U.S. operates in blackmail and intimidation and by force. That's what our corrupt politicians have done for a long time, not Russia. We are in the second hour of the InfoWars War Room, brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. Joined in studio now by Dr. Saeed Haider, my go-to-doc.com, doing great work helping people get the preventative and sometimes life-saving medicines that have been cut off by the Biden administration and Democrats before that, while Trump was still in office. Uh, and and you guys, I know, have been overwhelmed helping people to get this preventative and potentially life-saving treatment. We've got some other COVID news. But, you know, here's, here's a frustration, and, and I don't know how much you're, you're paying attention to the situation in Russia and Ukraine. Your, your big issue is trying to save lives right now and, and stop COVID from spreading with, with the treatment that they're trying to ban. But, you know, I, I get frustrated when I'm told to be so concerned about Putin or, or some faraway enemy when I've got my own leaders that for years now stopping Americans from getting life-saving treatment. I mean, that's as evil as it gets. Why aren't I concerned about that? I mean, that should be the big story today to me.
5: Yeah, I think it is helpful, you know, like what you're doing to kind of like pull back and see what the bigger picture is. Um, so some people think that, you know, what what was really behind the pandemic, right? Um, and one of the things that's a big possibility, you know, that I I truly believe was going on was that they were trying to cover up the fact that, The order in the world that we have right now um, is coming to an end. And there's a lot of unfunded liabilities in the United States. We're in tremendous debt, right? And this whole financial system was about to collapse. And they decided, you know, we don't want to blame it on what we've done, you know, all of our policies, printing all this money.
3: Yeah, knowing they would get the blame.
5: Right. So, So, you know, okay, a pandemic comes along at the perfect opportune moment. And uh, okay, now we can blame the destruction of the economy on the fact that we had to do lockdowns and all this, you know, garbage. Um, the you know, this was all coming to an end, and it was all about to collapse anyway. Um, so, under cover of a pandemic, you know, n- now we have an excuse for why we're, you know, we don't have enough money to pay these things. We don't have enough money anymore in social security. You know, we're not going to be able to fund the liabilities the federal government has promised the American people that it's going to pay for. Um, so, so certainly pulling back and seeing what's going on, like, why are things happening is important, you know, just to give you some more, um, kind of perspective on the world and, you know, what's going on in the Ukraine. I mean, you know, what's going on in the Ukraine is like what happened in Cuba with the Cuban missile crisis. You know, you've got Europe pushing up, you know, NATO pushing up against the borders of Russia, you know, they're basically trying to defend their border. And you know, if somebody if, if Russia came to Cuba again, you know, what would we do? Right? We wouldn't be happy with that either. Um, you know, this whole this whole thing is really about Nord Stream. It's about the gas pipeline to Germany. Um and and unfortunately that's been shut down, right? And and this is bad for the German people, you know, it's bad yeah. for Europe <laughs> and for They're us freezing over there and, and gas prices are skyrocketing, right? Um, I mean, it's all really ridiculous because Nord Stream 1 is still flowing. <laughs> you know, why, why cut off Nord Stream 2? Um, so, I mean, what's going on, I think, is ridiculous. And unfortunately, our administration, you know, we look like fools on the world stage right now. Um, Putin has looks like he's like a chess master. I mean, he's got this all planned out, you know, just step by step doing exactly what he wants to do.
3: And by the way, that's just honest, fair commentary that you're giving. That doesn't mean we support Putin. We love Putin. He's a great guy, bad guy, whatever. That's just the honest commentary right now. And our media just won't be honest about it. Biden has been outmaneuvered and outstrategized since day one on this deal. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the two times Biden has been in the White House, Putin has invaded Ukraine. (laughs) Right. They don't like to talk about that, though.
5: Yeah. Um so, so yeah, unfortunately, you know, the people who are kind of at the head of the United States government at this point aren't doing a good job. They're not doing a good job on the home front and they're not doing a good job on the international stage either. Um, you know, the pandemic response, you know, getting into like my expertise here has been a complete disaster. I mean, beyond disaster, it's like you couldn't have done like worse than what they did. Right. So so just some things I haven't spoken about before. I'd like to kind of cover here. Um You know, first of all, the virus is bad enough, okay? But then, you know, the virus brings along a payload, right? And the payload is the spike protein. So now what we did is we created an even worse, you know, um, weapon than the virus itself, which was already a bioweapon. And that's the vaccine itself, right? Because it delivers the payload way better than the virus itself does. The lipid nanoparticles, the pseudo uridine in the mRNA, it's like a, it's a, it's basically not the same base. So pair that's used in the human body, it's not the natural base pair. And they put that into the mRNA to make it more durable so that your immune system wouldn't attack it and destroy it. And the problem there is that it actually stays in your, in your body for weeks and months, continuing to kick out spike protein. And spike protein is the toxin, right? That is what the virus uses to harm human beings. And the, the other thing is the lipid nanoparticles go everywhere in your body, right? The virus doesn't go everywhere. Like, for example, in pregnant women, pregnant women who get COVID, right? The, the infection itself, their, their babies, you know, their feet, the fetus inside the womb is still protected. COVID doesn't go in there and infect the fetus. Whereas the lipid nanoparticles pass through the placenta. They go into the, ovaries of the mother and the ovaries of the baby if it's a girl right and who knows what that's going to do for the future of our country right and Yeah we don't our- and they're keeping the studies from us yeah um so so just terrible things happened and and another really important thing is the lockdowns like the the disaster of lockdowns that killed more people you know completely unrelated to covid than you know Maybe they saved a handful of people, but, you know, the, the vast majority of people who died um, during lockdowns died of non-COVID illnesses. They died of, like, gunshot wounds, suicide, overdoses. They even died
3: of, like, things like heart attacks, strokes, you know, all these
5: things that weren't treated properly. Um,
3: but and by the that, way, they admit that now. They say, oh, all these people that didn't get treatment because of COVID died— and they're like retracting, saying, oh, we got to open things up. People didn't get cancer screenings, all this stuff. It's like, but you did that. You did right, that.
5: Right. And, and the other thing that happened, you know, everyone since the beginning has been wondering like, okay, this is a new virus, but like most people don't get sick from it. Most people don't have severe illness. You know, most a lot of people don't even have any symptoms. So what was that about? That was because at least 70, 80% of people in the world were already immune to COVID when it hit. And why is that? right they didn't have like lifelong immunity because they'd never seen it before but they had seen other coronaviruses they'd had a cold in the last one or two years and so this cross reactive immunity against coronaviruses lasts for a year or two right but then what What did we do? We created lockdowns, right? And so a lot of people are just sitting at home, not doing anything. Um, COVID outcompetes all the other viruses you know, out there in the country and the world. And then you have these people who had cross-reactive immunity actually now not being exposed to any viruses for a year or two during lockdowns. Their cross-reactive immunity is gone. It's wearing off. And now if they go out there and catch COVID, they're, they're basically like at zero and they don't have immunity. So the people who are getting it for the first time now, they may actually end up a lot sicker. And the other reason that it's um, making people may make some people sicker. Now there's two reasons, you know, one is that the virus, the, the, uh, the, the, the injections are actually like driving the um, evolution of the virus in the wrong direction. Right. So with Delta, we saw it got more contagious and more severe. Now Omicron is more contagious, but less severe but it's so much more contagious that the severity is still at the same level, right? Like overall, we're having the same number of hospitalizations and deaths. You know, we're infecting way more people to get there. But the next variant or subvariant or whatever it is could be worse um, even than Delta, right? And, and that's because we're vaccinating in the middle of a pandemic with a leaky vaccine that's driving the evolution of the virus in the wrong direction. And the other big problem is that people ha- who have been vaccinated are, are really at the greatest risk from this virus at this point in time because now we're seeing negative efficacy. Negative efficacy means that you get vaccinated and now you're more likely to catch it. You're more likely to get sick, right? Oh, they're
3: calling it... Um- Vades vaccine aids.
5: Yeah, I mean it's terrible, and now now we want to do that to kids. I mean, kids have super immunity to COVID. They're you know just naturally they're super immune to COVID, and and now we want to like get rid of their just natural immunity, right? Um, the the other really interesting thing is the kids could have actually acted as a natural vaccine for this pandemic. And the reason is that, you know, there's somebody did this calculation that kids have very few ACE2 receptors in their bodies and the virus has to combine with ACE2 receptors to enter your cells. They're very small. They have super immunity already, so they don't really get a whole lot of viral load, right? And then they don't pump out a lot of virus. So, so the calculation was that if every single child in America was infected with COVID-19, they would put out less infectious virus into the atmosphere. Like they would blow out, you know, breathe out less virus than one adult patient in the ICU. Okay. I
3: mean, just- All right, we got to go to break, but let's continue on that. And then what the vaccine is doing.
0: I've been on air more than 25 years. And long before I started selling high quality vitamin D3 eight years ago, I've been promoting people taking vitamin D3 because it is essential. And if you're not getting sunshine every single day, whether you're black or white or Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Your body will be susceptible and wide open to so many of the threats that are out there. It's just like you need oxygen. You die in four minutes without oxygen. You die in five or six days without water. You die in a month without food. Well, that's because these key minerals and elements and vitamins are in the food that you need. And one of the most important for your immune system and your overall health is vitamin D3. We have the highest quality in winter sun with vitamin K that boosts all your body's defenses. Available right now for 50% off at InfoWarStore.com. Everybody, old, young, black, white, you need vitamin D3. This is the best quality out there, and it funds the InfoWar 50% off.
1: So I did it. I signed up for the Austin Marathon. I've been training probably not as much as I should be, but thank goodness for prayer and thank goodness for InfoWarsStore.com. Before I set out on a run, I throw down some turbo force to give me that energy I need to get going. You know, besides the energy, turbo force, It is giving me the vitamins I need, like vitamin C to keep me healthy, and the essential B vitamins, plus the amino acids for sustained energy, giving me the best chance at getting through the training. And then every day now, I'm taking Dr. Jones Soreless. I have bad joints, thanks mom. So this is great for giving my joints the extra support they need right now, plus inflammation support and extra flexibility. The quick release capsules help me recover fast so I can get back to the training. Even if you're not crazy enough to take on a marathon. Good news, TurboForce, that can still give you the energy and clarity you need for every day. And Soreless can keep you moving and feeling great at any age.
2: The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show.
3: Dr. Saeed Haider, MyGoToDoc.com, which we can talk about that because it's a been a great resource for a lot of people to get preventative and potentially life-saving treatment. And I've got so many questions for him as uh, we pick back up with the coverage. And you were getting into a lot of things about the vaccine in the last segment. And so let's pick it back up there. All of these side effects, all of these random deaths, uh, many of them... Cardiac problems, which is the number one side effect of the vaccine. I mean, the hospitals are being overwhelmed. It's it's an obvious thing that's going on right now. But as we were discussing it, on the break, it's like the doctors don't want to talk about it. They might not even understand it fully because they're not vaccinologists or they're not working with the vaccines. They're taking whatever the hospital board is saying, whatever the medical establishment is saying. I mean, at what point does the narrative that vaccines are safe and effective fully just break.
5: I think we're, hopefully we're getting close at this point. Um, you know, I think the people in power at the FDA, the CDC, the NIH there, um, they have to fight as hard as they can, because if the narrative falls apart, a lot of the, a lot of these people will probably end up in jail. Right. Um, like who knew what, when, I mean, we're going to be trying to figure that out. And um But we're getting close. I mean, at this point, there's more than a thousand studies you can find on PubMed. You know, if you go and look up studies showing vaccine injuries, right? The things that the vaccines do. Pfizer's own phase three clinical trial data shows a 25% greater risk of dying. And this actually, it didn't come out all at once, right? Like we found it out from the FDA, the FDA published something, I think in March, showing that there were a few more deaths than we had even known about when Pfizer first published its trial data. So I think there was something like 25 or 23 versus 17 in the group that was got the placebo. So 25% more people died from all causes amongst the group that got the vaccine in Pfizer's phase three trial. And that's like the top level of evidence, right? Like that is, you know, double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized, controlled trial. Which, I mean,
3: you would almost say if you were running that test that that's not a side effect of the vaccine. That is a direct effect from the vaccine, not a side effect that, like, that's what's going to happen to you. Right. So, you know, it's – who cares
5: whether or not you catch COVID or you die of COVID um, at a lower rate if you get the vaccine if you die of something else, right? Like, if you end up having a heart attack or a stroke and that kills you um, as a side effect of a vaccine, I mean – it doesn't matter whether you got saved from COVID and then you ended up dying from something else. So that really in trials, what's most important is like all cause morbidity, mortality. And that's kind of a marker for like what are the side effects of this intervention, right? Like what did it cause um, aside from what we wanted it to do? right? What were the other effects that it had? And that's why all-cause mortality is really important. And it's right there in the phase three trial data for Pfizer. Um, I mean, they'll say it's, it didn't reach like, quote unquote, statistical significance, but the signal is pretty strong, right? 25% more people.
3: But I, they can't even say that because there have been medical trials with vaccines, but with other medical procedures where if 1% of the participants have a negative side effect of death, they'll shut it down. No, I
5: mean, there's really no argument you can make for the vaccines, you know, being safe and effective. I mean, that that is just a huge joke at this point. You just have to look at bears, right? You can look at the DOD data. You can look at life insurance data, right? 40% rise in deaths after vaccines rolled out. You know, like liberals, you know, a lot of people on the left, if you tell them that more people have died... Since vaccines rolled out, then before the vaccines, they don't even believe you i mean it's like cognitive dissonance they're like how can and it's a positive? big margin too It's yeah. not yeah. like a, a small margin. margin it's it's hundreds of thousands more, yes. Yeah. yes, no um you know forty percent more deaths than our baseline right and and even during the first year of the pandemic um we're getting confirmation from Germany. There's a life insurance company in Germany that's also, you know, one of the, it's like a whistleblower, basically, you yeah. know, one of the people on the board of that company is coming forward and saying that we had, you know, amongst our, you know, I think 10 million patients, 300,000 like doctor's visits for what we think are COVID vaccine, you know, side effects. Um, So, so if you just look at VAERS, you can see clearly we've had thousands, hundreds of thousands of deaths, right. From the vaccine at this point. Tens of thousands of deaths are actually reported to VARES, but it's, uh, there's underreporting in VARES, right? So you got to multiply it out. And the other important thing is if you use Pfizer's own trial data for like the percentage of people that report side effects in the Pfizer trial, I think it was like 0.7% or something reported side effects. So if you take that like multiplier and go into the um, VARES data, you know, and then you try to figure out like what's the underreporting factor, like how many side effects should we have seen in the whole population, right? Like say 150 million people got vaccinated, how many side effects should have, like how many side effects actually happened out there, Right. And then you can find that the VAERS data is vastly underreported, right? You've got to have at least as many as were reported in the Pfizer trial itself, because that's like the top quality data. They they checked everyone, right? Um, and so so we should have seen you know millions of reports.
3: And by the way, that's just the Pfizer vaccine. So really, you'd multiply Pfizer it vaccine. with the Johnson and Johnson and the Moderna and everything else that came out. But let's let let's step back from the vaccines and everything for a second to try to humanize this, because there's a lot of questions that I think we still. We're not fully clear on as far as the virus and, and what it does to people. Uh, obviously, we're getting lied to. We have been by our medical establishments. But like I, I look at myself, for example, and how, how, would you, how would you explain this? So since COVID, I've been sick three times. Pretty, I don't usually get sick, so it was pretty nasty. The last time I can remember feeling so sick was when I was a lot younger and I had mono and I just couldn't even move for a week, basically. And the first time I got it, I was pretty bad for a week then the next two times, it was just like a 24, 48-hour deal. Maybe it wasn't even COVID. It could have been something else. I just assume it's, mm-hmm. you know, the man-made virus getting me sick because I'd never get sick until this man-made virus was loose. Yeah. But I never I never took anything. I mean, I would I took vitamin D and vitamin C and zinc and just some supplements I have. No, no ivermectin, no anything like that. I just, you know, bed rest, chicken noodle soup. How much of this is just being overblown? I mean, like, what what is the percentage of people that if they got COVID, it's like, okay, you need to do something versus hey, you know what? This is just going to be a flu experience for you. Eat some chicken noodle soup, take some rest. You're going to be okay.
5: Yeah. I think this is important to to understand that it's not, you know, we've kind of been focused on the acute infection, right? Like, am I going to be hospitalized? Am I going to die? Um, that's not really the most important thing to consider for the vast majority of people in the US. The majority of people who died from COVID in the United States were over the age of 80. And um, and so that's really the group that's really at risk of dying. Over 65, sure, but like it's really over 80. Those are the people that are dying. Um, so for the majority of people who catch COVID, you got to be worried about long COVID, right? That's the real killer in the long run, right? A chronic inflammatory disease that makes it hard for you to sleep, hard for you to think, hard for you to like go to work. You have no energy. Um, you know,
3: you're like. Now, when you say that, is that because it's it's continuing to bother your your lungs or what? what is Yeah, that? so so what is it? It's the spike pressure protein, right?
5: That is the payload. That is the toxin. And so the spike protein in people who have long COVID, it never leaves their body. The virus is dead. It's all gone, except for the spike protein is still there. Your immune system cells are holding onto it and they become kind of abnormal. There's monocytes in your body. that hold on, hold onto it. And then they become kind of like, you know, these insurgents. They're just like creating inflammation in your body. They're like attacking you instead of like doing what they're supposed to do, which is get rid of the spike protein, you know, and attack invaders. Um, So
3: how much of this plays into whether you're vaccinated or not?
5: Yeah, so um, the vaccine does not protect against long COVID, right? It may actually make it worse. So so that's what they say, right? They they say in all the news articles, oh, if you get you know the vaccine, it'll protect you from everything. It'll protect you from long COVID, it'll protect you from
3: COVID. It'll protect, it'll protect you from, you from demons. It'll protect you from falling <laughs> off a cliff. I mean, right. yeah. you'll be like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> you'll have a parachute if you fall off the Empire State Building and it'll save you. All right, we got to go to a break, but we'll pick it back up on this. and I, And I want to ask you, because this is where I was getting with this. It, it appears to be like an alley-oop. The virus, the vaccine, and your body, and you're getting extremely sick and maybe ending up in the hospital. We'll be right back. Two
0: life-changing, life-empowering products are now back in stock after being sold out for months at InfoWarsStore.com. Winter Sun is the highest quality organic vitamin D3, taken under the tongue, it also has vitamin K, critical for your immune system and so much more. It's 50% off, despite the fact it's going to sell out very, very quickly because everybody needs this. Old, young, black, white, it doesn't matter. You need what's in winter, sun, and then. We have Brain Force Ultra. Super fast acting, amazing, clean, nootropic system that is a complement to Brain Force Plus and, of course, Turbo Force. All three of these are different formulas, but all three of them take your mind and take your focus and clarity and alertness to the next level. It is. 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com for a limited time. Thank you all for your support. If you haven't tried these products, you really need to because they are amazing. InfoWarsStore.com.